Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. The little chick she could do in one of those big envelopes and not a box. (laughs) This is the press box. Those big envelopes, you know, you can fit a lot in those big envelopes, like the puffy ones, and then they can expand. You throw a few chicks in there, they'd be okay, probably. With Grady and Bischoff. Stop trying to save money shipping your chickens in. (laughs) On ESPN Las Vegas. How do we do this now? Just say we're back? I haven't seen you in a long time. Yeah, exactly. Where's my present? Oh, I'll give it to you later Uh, in the show. I got it. Oh, you do? I got it. You actually brought it. I'll give it to you later in the show. Wow. Brought it didn't give it to me. I don't know how important it could be. Well, I want I want you to get it on air. That's the point here. Is this like a fake horse? No, I or a, not, fa- a fake chicken. I would not give yeah, you a you're, fake. You horse. Not you're not loaning me. A, you're not loaning me a fake chicken. You're hey, not. You're not that important no, to him. No, we bought a fake horse last night for twelve hundred dollars. Jesus Christ! No. Yeah. Are you serious? It was a great deal too. Wow. It, it, it couldn't have been. How many partners do you have? There's five of us. And, and one you of guys, the, it's all like even. I mean, no, no one's paying. No, more. no, no. We have a majority. One, owner. one of us a majority owner, and Tyler's spending that guy's money. Yeah. Oh, you have an investor. It's never your money. No, no, it is. Yeah, it is. Like I have my percentage, so technically everything we've spent is or earned back. Yeah, which, but we've made like okay. We have in the last two oh, weeks. And we'll get to the show eventually. In yeah, the last just, this, two this weeks, is far more interesting <laughs> than Marcus last, Mariota. In the last two weeks. We've bought two new horses for a total of about like twenty one hundred dollars. We're still up positive over five thousand bucks for the entirety for the, of how, for the lifetime, for a lifetime of what you've done this. Yeah, so didn't even notice it. Two thousand dollars on two horses, didn't even notice it. You haven't started buying chickens? No, we have chickens. Yeah. Oh no, we have we have a uh, sixteen. They chickens. got in early on the chicken. Yeah, how yeah. many? We have sixteen, I think. I'll have to look at our spreadsheet. We just sold one of those recently for like a thousand bucks. People are buying chickens now. Yeah. They don't even yeah, yeah. they don't they even, don't exist technically yeah. yet. I mean, technically the horses don't either, but the the chicken game, you can't race yet. They literally are in the I guess who would how would you know a chicken's any good to spend a thousand dollars on it to already have it? Oh god, I already asked all these questions. Uh, but that's a, a break. isn't that the normal question? Yeah. If so, it hasn't started and you don't know how good the chicken's gonna be, why would you pay a grand right, for it? So similar to the horses they have like a bloodline and they have a breed type and then they have a a, a, a rating of 90 to 100 rating already yes yeah. and even though nobody actually knows which of those is important for racing but you can guess as to what what's important for racing once racing comes for the chickens so yeah we i think it's 16 chickens we have no no i think it's 13 chickens what'd you oh. buy the chicken for that you sold for a thousand uh there's a drop. we sold it for about double so 500 ish, maybe 600, and then sold it for a thousand. My God, the people who made this stuff up, unbelievable. They, they get up every day and just laugh their you know what's <laughs> off all the way to the bank. It's like, we got these idiots that they're out there spending thousands and thousands of dollars on things that don't exist. It's like the greatest company in the history of the world, these people. I don't know who well, they are. The one thing I will say is the fake horses seem kind of high, not high tech, but at least remind me of the movie Tron. The fake chickens remind me of like that turkey shoot game that you see at uh, casinos. At the casinos? I, I'm i serious. I can't believe, maybe there has been, I haven't read them, I can't believe there haven't been stories in these guys. Uh, well, they have been on the fake horses. Yeah, you. there's no way someone yeah. didn't pick up on that and said, hey, this is a good idea. Yeah. Well, how did you come up with this? No, I mean, Darren Ravel, like, bought one or something, and I think he wrote about it, too. Yeah. So, yeah, fake horses. It's not who you want to be associated with. So, yeah, I'll be associated with our money, Jared. We're rich to retirement plan. The first bite. Are people paying $200 to go see Nathan Peterman play QB in a preseason game? 
know if they paid 240 to pay see Marcus Merida, but they're all going to pay it, right? Yeah, they are. It's the highest. Uh, you saw that earlier in the week. I'm sure you guys talked about it. The highest. Yeah. That that people were kind of like. I guess surprised. Uh, some were surprised out at Raiders. Like, I don't know why you'd ever be surprised. This is the first game in that stadium to see no matter who's playing. I think it's more for the atmosphere. I think for a lot of people just to be in there for the first time. So, And I also think if you're buying a preseason football game, you you know the, at the best you're seeing is number two. You're not seeing number one. So Mick Akers had tweeted out that the average price is $267. The cheapest listed ticket was $108. So you could get in the door for less than 200 to go see Nathan Peterman. But... Marcus Mariota is questionable. He didn't practice yesterday with, what did Gruden say, a sore leg? Sore leg. Sore leg. Um, and then Derek Carr Can't probably him. isn't going to no. play. I mean, maybe he plays one series at, at the most is what you would see Derek Carr in, but I'd venture to that guess he play doesn't him. play in that one, which means you're getting almost an entire game of Nathan Peterman and then Case Cookus. Case Cookus. Looked good yesterday. Ran that uh, what appeared to be maybe the fifth string offense, if that exists, uh, for a lot of the practice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I guess Mariota, um, we didn't know this. The, the day he threw the two picks, he also, I guess, ran for a touchdown. No one knew this, and I guess he pulled up and, and tweaked something. But again, we told you yesterday that he was lifting. We were standing in, you know, on the outside of the weight room. We can stand right there because it's not 150 degrees. They allow you to stand there. And he was in there doing stretching and band exercise stuff. So, you know, right when you didn't see him, you're like, uh-oh, what happened? You know, is he traded or all that? But he was in there working out, and I think he just tweaked his leg. And I mean, he's not going to play, obviously. He can't. I wouldn't play either of those guys. I don't know. I don't know how much I'd play those guys in the three games. I think we, you and I talked the other day when I was out there. I think Carr had a quote in his uh, availability the other day. Did he say he'd only played twice ever in yeah, his Does that make it was sense? something like two series in three years or something like that. Probably too many, too, too serious, too <laughs> many, right? I mean, Probably. why would you play him in any of those? Yeah. I mean, I would, if Mariota's healthy, I would play Mariota because he, he barely played right. last year. He right. played one half of football last year and didn't even practice a whole lot because he was hurt for most of the year. So I would play Mariota if he was 100% healthy. I'd, play, I'd start him. Yeah. If he, I don't know how long I'd go with him. And then after that, it, I, I wouldn't play yeah. him much at all. And then it'd be Nathan Peterman. Is it Connor Cookus or Case Cookus? I already forgot. Case Cookus. Are you it sure? Rhymes with great Tookus. I mean, technically, both rhyme with great. Tokus. Fair enough. <laughs> I don't know. It's either Connor Cookus or Case Cookus. Tune in on Saturday to find out because he'll be he'll playing. Be play, he'll be throwing a lot of passes. <laughs> to be, a few yeah, other... because the first thing that pops up if you put in Case Cookus is drop down targeting. <laughs> he he'll be throwing. He's more a... famous for hitting a defender than uh, throwing the football. Case is going to be throwing a lot of passes, I think, Saturday to those who will be reduced on the 85 come Tuesday when they start cutting people. So get out there Saturday if you all not only want to see the cookies, but maybe some guys he's thrown to, which on uh, Tuesday will be asked to turn in the playbooks. Are you excited for the, I don't know, Nathan Peterman looks pretty good out oh, there. Oh, absolutely. Oh, man. Nathan Peterman leads him down the field on back-to-back -back scoring drives. Oh, it's going to be great. I can't wait. He'll be for very it. excited after the game if that happens. Oh, he, it, Johnny Gruden. Peterman's yeah. going to do it too. You know he's going to do it. It's Nathan Peterman. I mean, I'm never surprised at anything in the preseason. How, how does Nathan Peterman have a job? Because he has to look good in practice. That's the only the dude threw five picks in one half. He has not thrown as many picks in camp as Marcus Mariota, but I don't know if he's had the opportunity. <laughs> he doesn't he... throw as many. Uh, you know, Carr usually takes all the reps, and then Mariota, and then I think when it's like nine fifteen, we're like, oh gosh, thanks, five more minutes until the you know until they blow this horn. I think that's when Peterman gets to throw a few balls, and <laughs> so it's not like there's been a a huge you know. Uh, mound of evidence there whether or not he's any better, but I think we'll see Saturday night because I'd assume he's playing most of the game. So the Colts right now have a 
interesting quarterback situation where Carson Wentz is out. He had to have surgery. He could be back for week one, but uh, Zach Kiefer tweeted out, the team is leaning toward rolling with Jacob Eason or Sam Ellinger if Carson Wentz isn't ready. A trade seems very unlikely. If you're the Raiders, should you be calling the Colts and saying, hey, we have Marcus Mariota? What would you like for him? You mean the Raiders, not the Colts? Because well, on, on the Colts side of things, if you if internally you think he's back in week one or soon before that, I don't know how much I'm giving up if you think yeah. he's back right now. If the doctor's like, well, it could still be five to eight or five to 12, then you're like, all right, we got to think about that. But if they're saying to him right now, he could be back by week one then I wouldn't call anybody at that point. If you're the Raiders, I don't know. I'd go back and forth on if I'd move them. I mean, I would probably for a certain price, Yes, but I'm not giving them away. I, yeah. I just, not, I'm not doing that. I, you know, you have an eight-year quarterback who, granted, uh, say this for Carr, he's very durable. He's barely ever been hurt. The one time he did get hurt in his career, he couldn't be the playoff game. So you're probably not thinking that he's going to get hurt, but I would not give the guy away unless I someone probably overpaid for him. Yeah. So, and that to me is is what I would do if I was the Raiders. I would if listen if the Colts called you up and said we're giving you like a first or a second round pick, I would do it for that for sure. You trade him. I away, do it for a second, but that's not what yeah. the price is going to be. Yeah, the price no. would be like a fifth round. Pick. No, I wouldn't and do that. The, the problem with trading Marcus Mariota right now for a fifth round pick is you can't really do much with what his salary no. cap hit is because he's three point five million is what his cap it is. If this was earlier in the offseason or before free agency, you could say, okay, we can go replace him. We can sign a free agent for $3.5 million to play on defense or something like that and let just let Peterman be the backup for cheap. But you, there's not like free agents you can go sign for $3.5 million that are actually going to help your team. So they wouldn't really get the benefit of trading Marcus Mariota besides getting that fifth-round pick. And to me, even if Mariota doesn't play a snap this year, having him as a backup is more valuable than a fifth-round oh, pick. I- Totally agree. So I take a sec. I don't think they'd ever get it first. If if today they said if the trainers come in or the doctor said okay, Wince it's not as good as we thought. He's out like a month or two. Then maybe you could talk them into a second. Maybe I don't know. I guess it also depends on how good they think Eason and Ellinger as a rookie <laughs> are. I mean, I don't think they can. They probably don't believe they're going to be that good. I've seen a picture of Eason and I misidentified him as Ellinger because obviously I'd never <laughs> seen these people before. He's got some Andrew Luck in him. The hairline's not great, and the beard is all over the place. He's just hairy is what it is. <laughs> but it, like the interesting part for the Colts, and again, it goes back to what they think or when they think Carson Wentz will be back. The Colts, are they're a legitimately good roster this year. They're like, a playoff they're, team. They're a, good they're, they're a playoff team. roster. But if they're starting Jacob Eason or Sam Ellinger for four or five games, that could be enough to sink them. could be not a playoff yeah, roster. Yes. Out of the playoffs. Absolutely. So if you're the Colts, and again, if – if you think Carson Wentz is back in week two or something like that, then you're not giving up a two for yeah, Marcus Mariota. You, you suck it up and yeah. you survive the the uh, first week yeah. of the season. But again, they might not even know that at this point. It's, it's just interesting because if you're the Colts, Marcus Mariota is probably good enough to put you in the playoffs. Like with the way the rest of that roster is, if you just said, hey, if for just forget about Carson Wentz and just say, hey, Mariota's the quarterback for the entire season, that's probably good enough to be in the playoffs because that's a really good roster. Call Phillip Rivers. He's got to be tired of hanging out with his kids by now. Isn't he coaching the high school team? He's coaching the high school kids. He's coaching the high school team. I think they're in two days. I Uh I saw a clip of him the other day coaching his high school kids. Um, But there's clips of him coaching high school teams. And then the last few weeks, I see quotes from him saying, you know, I'm still ready and stuff. So I was like, you're just going to leave the, like, first Friday Night Lights, where's coach? No, no, no. He's like, got a plane to Indianapolis? Who would be better as the quarterback of the Colts? 
Jacob Eason slash Sam Ellinger or Philip Rivers not practicing the entire week, flying on Sunday to wherever the game is and playing. Philip Rivers, yeah, yeah. not and even then, close. And then going back to yeah. coach's high school. And then school go back team. to co- coach's high school team. <laughs> He's on a field. What do you want from him? <laughs> I don't know if I'm the Raiders. If I'm, I don't think I don't know if I'm the Raiders. If I'm calling anyone, but like I said the other day, like I wrote the other day, like. The phone rings. You have to pick it up. I mean, who knows? Like I said, if the Colts might overreact here, if the if the number if the medicals come back and he's out like a month or two, they might overreact and say, "Oh, we'll give you a two. And if you get a two, you have to move him. Yeah, absolutely. But threes, fours, fives, or fours, fives is like no. He's I think he's too valuable just to keep. And yeah. I just have. Yeah, and you're not going to do much with a fourth or a fifth. No, pick. you might hit a home run, and that's Hunter. Some Renfro. question what they do with their first. Yeah, well, <laughs> they're better. With their well, they're actually better with their first. Was it Crosby a fourth? Yes. Like they're very <laughs> they good. To, they Maybe they should say no. We don't want a second, but we'll take a sixth. Yeah, well, they, because we tend to do well later in the draft. They should start trading their firsts and seconds <laughs> for like 34th yes. and fifth round picks. They'll be in the playoffs yes, in no actually. time. They'll have a whole new defense ready to go and they'll actually have good players. All right, coming up next, Kawhi Leonard is staying with the Clippers, but who's actually going to be the favorite to win the West next year? We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Be part of the conversation on the Finley Kia text line at 69187. Finley Kia, come see a Kia on West Sahara. Ed, should the Phillies put a roof on their ballpark? Uh, I think every time I tried to watch a game yeah. the Dodgers Phillies, it was in a rain delay. It was in a rain delay. Yeah, it was stunk. <laughs> Got the bases loaded in ninth yesterday. That stiff McKinney comes up. I, I turned it off. I knew that was done. If it once Smith did, you call get, McKinstry McKinney? Yeah, I, I, I call McKinney all the time because my buddy. <laughs> I, it, 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 when they traded for McKinstry, my buddy who watches the Dodgers, like um, two games in, the guy had struck out like four of the last five times. Like, why did we get this McKinney guy? I said, well, it's McKinstry, but um, let's call him McKinney because he's a stiff as well. So when McKinney comes up and Smith hadn't gotten, Smith got on to load him. I, once he didn't get it, it was over. I'm like, oh, McKinney's going to fly out, and he flew out to left. Hey. Because we don't call, we, we have all nicknames for, like, everyone, especially if we hate them. I don't like, think guys you we like, like any of the players on the Dodgers. Oh, I'm, oh, no. Huge Chris Taylor fan. Huge Will Smith fan. Love the new guy, Turner. He, I think he's so over. That's another thing. Watching Trey Turner the other night, I was talking to Mike Romala the next day at the, at the Raiders. Like, Scherzer was such a huge deal, but you're like, was this guy kind of a throw-in? I mean, this guy's an, a, a terrific player, and no one talked about that guy when the deal came down, what? right? It's like, uh, and you also got that guy who's hitting three ten and is the best slider in the history of baseball. <laughs> Who was the guy? Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, you had a guy literally create a meme because he slid into home yes, plate. It's so amazing. cool that people are like, how do you talk to women? <laughs> well, I slide into their DM. Yeah. No, I... Uh, I will forever call him McKinney with my buddy and I. We you don't. say you like Trey Turner but until he strikes out with the bases loaded in the playoffs. <sighs> no, I, I like him, actually. I do. Because okay. well, they've I done mean, a thing. I'm just saying. McKinstry, McKinstry hasn't done anything since they got him. Eighth inning, two outs, bases loaded, Padres, wild card game, down one. Trey <sighs> Turner strikes out. Oh, oh it's can't, over. Can't say that. I got the uh, updated standings from my buddy in San Diego today saying that game's on, man. The Dodgers have, over the last, like, 10 years, gotten every good regular season player and put them on their team. Like, David Price is out there for some reason, and now he's in the bullpen. They've had Kershaw. Like, anyone who blows something in the playoffs, the Dodgers are like, yeah, but we'll win the division. You Darvish, too. All right. Kawhi Leonard. (laughs) Resigned with the Clippers. A four-year deal worth 176 million, which is 44 million per year. So 
he had opted out of his original deal and now he's back. Do you think he ever actually considered leaving the Clippers when he opted out? Never. I don't think he ever considered it. I think he, uh, everything I've ever known about him and people who know him really, really well, um, his entire basis of his career once he got drafted was to ultimately get back to California where he went to school, where he grew up. Um, the whole thing about Toronto, he won it there, but people are like, there's no way he's staying where it's cold like that. He doesn't like that. He wants to be in the West Coast. So built a huge house in Rancho Santa Fe. I assume, I heard this, I assume he has a driver like Philip Rivers once said. There's no way he's driving himself, and he probably has to go up and down every day with a driver to take him to L.A. every day. So, no, I don't. I, I never thought he was the only, I mean, in the back of my mind, I was like, could he go to the Lakers or something like that? But I never thought he was leaving California. Do you think the Clippers are going to get healthy Kawhi Leonard at any point during the next four years of this contract? I guess it depends on what healthy. I mean, he'll he'll overcome the ACL because they all do. Because nowadays it's like a if they you know nowadays like the, a ACL is like a sprained <laughs> ankle now with the with the way those guys are treated and the rehab and the surgeons they have and you know most times they come back even better. Like I didn't even know that guy blew out his ACL, um, but. He is a guy who, again, for a long time now, he's the joke's been on the load management. He has leg problems, ankle problems. Um, and, you know, I a lot of people said, you know, he's, you know, whether it's the lifting or whatever, like he's too tightly wound. He's like too, too much like that. Um, so I do think eventually I'll say I'll say they get as good as they can, can hope for for him being healthy, which, you know, is a pretty damn good player. Yeah. And I, the goal is going to be, can you get him healthy for four if he can come back this year or at least three playoff runs? Like the regular season yeah. is somewhat irrelevant. The West is good enough that you do kind of have to play for seeding. Like you don't want to be like the Lakers were and, oh, you're the seventh seed and you got to play the Suns in the first right. round, right? Like, so the, the West can make seeding somewhat important, but at the end of the day is, is Kawhi Leonard healthy for four I mean, playoff runs? It's a, it's a partially torn ACL. So the, the thought is he's back for next season. But if you have him, if you can, if they can, if you can tell them that he's going to be okay for the next three years, I wouldn't touch him next season. Like I wouldn't rush him back if you think for the next three years they're fine because you probably got a shot to win it over the next three years with him. So you know, I mean, if it's seventy five percent of the season's gone next year and they're kind of rehabbing him, saying, "Well, he'll be okay," I don't know if I bring him back. I yeah. guess it depends on where you're on the standings yeah. and what your team is, but I'd be really careful with that guy because if he's if he's a hundred percent. He's one of the three or four most important Absolutely. players to build a team around yeah. that you can win a title right. with. The problem has been when never, do you get 100%. 100% healthy Kawhi Leonard. And so I'm with you in terms if of if there's any questions next year or whatever, you, you're better off just, yeah, let him let him sit out the entire year and then come back for the last three years of this deal and presumably have 100% Kawhi Leonard. And the, the player option, I think, is in year four. It's not one of these, oh, he's got another option out after one year. You got to, I mean, at some point you have to stop those because the team has to like lock a guy in for at least two years. <laughs> so if the player option's in year four, let's say next year they don't get anything out of him. I mean, you take two really strong runs over the next two years, and if you won one, I, I, I just don't think he's ever going to play anywhere but the West Coast anyway. I mean, maybe at the end of his career, if they don't want him, that's one thing, but I don't think he's going anywhere for a long time. Yeah, so it'll be interesting. Now, in the West, because Kawhi... Could come back in the second half late in the season for the playoff run, potentially there. But what, like, we have the Lakers and LeBron, Anthony Davis, and now Russell Westbrook is out there. Dwight Howard is back. A lot of names. I don't know if they're actually good. The Nets are presumably going to be healthy with Kevin Durant, James Harden, Kyrie Irving. The Warriors are presumably going to be healthy with Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. You obviously have the Bucks, and then you have sort of that group of teams that have been good but haven't won a title in the Sixers the Jazz, the Suns, the Nuggets, who who should actually be the favorite to win the title next year? 
uh, who should or who will be, they'll favor the Lakers because of the star. They're going to favor them because of LeBron and, and, and Russell and everything. Um, if you Like, to me, if you're telling me all three are completely healthy and they're fine, then I might favor the Nets. I, I'd go with but, the Nets, But too. I do think the Lakers are going to be favored yeah. just because it's LeBron. They're going to say, oh, my God, Le- LeBron and Westbrook. I'd go with the Nets, too. The first reason being is I think their top three is a better fit than what the Lakers have. I don't think Russell Westbrook's going to do that much to help the Lakers in the postseason. I think Harden, Kyrie, and Kevin Durant, I think that is a better fit overall. And the other reason is the East is a lot weaker. Right, like they've got to worry about the Bucks and Giannis, obviously. But who's the third best team in the East? Is it the Seventy Sixers who are trying to get rid of Ben Simmons right now? The Hawks that went to the Eastern Conference Finals, the Knicks who had a good regular season but won one playoff game against the Hawks. Like there isn't really a oh that's a good third team in the East. Whereas in the West, if Kawhi comes back, all of a sudden you're talking about the Warriors are legitimate, the Clippers are legitimate. The Jazz, the Suns, the, the Nuggets. nuggets like, if they're all healthy. That's five other teams not named the Lakers that are legitimate. And that doesn't include Luka and the Mavericks right. or Damian Lillard and the Blazers. And the Blazers. Which I don't think either one of those teams are title contenders, but they can certainly beat you in a playoff series if you get matched up with them. So the West is just, it's so much better in the West that even if the late, even if I thought the Lakers were better than the Nets, I still think the Nets are the favorite because their path is presumably nicer than whatever anybody yeah. in the West has to go through. And as great a run as it was for the Bucs, um, if you tell me those three are healthy, they're just a better team. Yeah. Now, it's an entire season, and a lot of, you know, they're, those, none of those guys are really young, so as we've seen, things can happen with them, but if that's if you go into next season and you're them, and you're looking, like you said, at just beating Milwaukee to get out, I think you feel pretty good about it if you can just stay healthy. Yeah. I mean, okay. They almost did it this year without being healthy. If Kevin Durant's right. if they, foot exactly. was... A, Size smaller, yeah. he hits a three instead of a two, and they they eliminate the Bucks, and they're the ones playing the Hawks in the Eastern Conference Finals, and probably in the NBA Finals. Probably right. in the NBA Finals. Coming up next, Austin Gale joins the show from Pro Football Focus. To do anything I possibly could is to give the best atmosphere for him to stay healthy and stay on the field because he's a tough guy and he wants that as much as anyone, and I think it's just a, a question of. Getting in into that, that, you know, the football gods call it what you want, but just into that groove. I mean, obviously, you know, he's a he's a big, strong guy. He's a competitor. He's a tough guy. He's everything that you're looking for. And, and I don't think there's a question he'll fail if he stays healthy and stays on the field. No question in my mind, he will be a top five or six quarterback. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Graney and Tyler Bischoff. Joining us now from Pro Football Focus is Austin Gale. All right, Austin, let's overreact to a preseason game. Mac Jones is better than Cam Newton. I can't do it. I don't know why we're already really at 21 <laughs> dropbacks. He completed one of five passes that traveled more than 10 yards down the field. I mean, yes, he executed the offense. Yes, he had the fastest time to throw of any quarterback in the preseason so far. And that's what he was good at Alabama. What we saw was what Mac Jones was good at at Alabama, executing an offense on time and that's what bill belichick wants in the future what he wants right now i think is cam newton to give him that edge as a rushing quarterback behind a top three offensive line with two really really good tight ends i think cam newton still gives this patriots offense the best opportunity to succeed i think mac jones while he is good at executing an offense we still need to see so much more specifically big plays down the football field for him to really be the guy in new england 
Do you think Mac Jones starts games this year? Only if Cam Newton gets hurt. And I think if it might be win, you know, Cam Newton gets hurt every single season, <laughs> even though you know, if people debate whether or not injury prone is a thing, the problem is his usage. He will be running the football. He will be getting hit. And he has consistently battled injuries throughout the, throughout his career, specifically late in his career. Now, if Cam Newton plays all 17 games and is healthy for all 17 games, I would not be surprised. Not only if Mac Jones doesn't start this year, but also the New England Patriots are a legit team in the AFC. I mean, I don't know if they'll take down the bills for the AFC East crown, but I do think they can be competitive playoff level competitive with Cam Newton if he's healthy. Also, before you came on, and literally all week now, uh, every, well, two weeks, ever since Wentz got hurt, uh, news around Las Vegas, or at least uh, assumption was that if there was a trade made with the Colts, Marcus Mariota, they would go after him. Tyler and I talked earlier, if we were the Raiders, we might just hold on to him. It would really have to be a big ask to, uh, to move him at this point and to kind of put Nathan Peterman at number two. So we said... And a two, you'd have to move him, but if you got into the threes and fours and fives, it might as well be able to hold on him. What would you do if you're the Raiders if they actually called on him? Yeah, I, I do think a third round pick is where my mind immediately goes. I think a second round pick would be a bit rich. I don't know. I don't think any team in the NFL would trade a second round pick for Marcus Mariota. So if you if you were looking to add draft capital and you were confident Nathan Peterman as a backup, yeah. I think I would take a three. However, if they are confident in, Mar- in Nathan Peterman as a backup, I think losing Marcus Mariota for a third-round pick isn't worth it if you don't feel confident in that depth. I think the other part of this is, too, that the Indianapolis Colts have already invested a first-round pick, potentially a second-round pick if he doesn't play a ton this year, in Carson Wentz. Do they want to double down and get another quarterback and spend more draft capital to solve at that position? You know, a team did that before. Jason Campbell gets hurt, what, week seven, week eight of the season. They trade all the, the farm for Carson Palmer, and things don't pan out. You do not want to overreact to some of these things sometimes. I do think that you can put yourself in a bad situation if you aggressively try and upgrade in a position, even through injuries, and then overpay for people like Palmer or Mariota. I know the actual timeline on Carson Wentz is probably the most valuable piece of information in this conversation, and and we don't have it. But if you're the Colts, I mean, they they have a good roster. They're a legitimate playoff team, but I don't know that anybody thinks they're a playoff team if it's Jacob Eason or Sam Ellinger. Like, how aggressive should they be, given what you just said about how much they've sunk into Carson Wentz already in terms of getting another quarterback if Wentz does end up missing five, six weeks? I don't think they should be aggressive at all. I think you have to ride this injury out. The reason the timeline is five to 12 weeks is because it's not because he could return in seven or eight. It's because, you know, the body heals two ways with this injury. One way you can come back in five, six weeks. Another way you come back in 11 to 12 and you don't really get an understanding of how your foot's going to heal around this injury until a few weeks into the rehab process, talking to our injury analysts here at PSF, that's why both Quentin Nelson and Carson Wentz have that five to 12 week timeline. And they're not being vague for no reason. It's a legitimate, you know, health recovery system where you need to see how your body reacts to this, how it heals around this bone. So I do think that they calm, go with Easton, go with Ellinger, whoever you want to go with and hope that Carson Wentz comes back by week one, week two, week three. And if he doesn't, he does. He is out the full 12 weeks and doesn't get the chance to come into Indy by week eight, week nine. You save yourself that first round pick that you were going to trade for Carson Wentz. You only give up a second rounder and hit the reset button. Like Carson Wentz has been battling injuries since that 2016 season. Like you do not need to you know, double down on Carson Wentz as the quarterback of the future if things don't pan out and don't panic in these situations. I think Chris Ballard has done such a good job of building a playoff competitive roster, regardless who's starting. I mean, he had Philip Rivers one year removed from retirement last year that went to the playoffs. I don't think they need to get too aggressive at replacing Carson Wentz, even if the injury is more significant than led on to be. All right. Who would be better 
for the Colts quarterback. Sam Ellinger or Jacob Eason or Phillip Rivers coaches this high school team, flies in just on game days, plays, and goes back and coaches his high school football team. I hate to say it, but I think it would be River. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. I do, no, I, don't, I don't, don't hate think, to say it. We said it earlier. Eason, yeah, yeah. Don't hate to say it. I, 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 I think I think Eason and Ellinger. The, the, the thing you're getting with them is probably more athleticism, probably more arm talent than what Rivers has right now. But you're you're going to get rookie mistakes. You're going to get very young mistakes. And the fact that Ellinger is already getting first team reps and Eason hasn't completely secured that job is a scary situation for Colts fans. Obviously, you think Eason entering year two would have a better handle on this offense, but Ellinger's already getting first-team reps. There's an open competition despite Eason having the obvious year advantage. So that is a concern for me. I think I'm very interested to see this team go in the preseason. I'm very interested to see how these quarterbacks play. Because if Carson Wentz is out for, say, through the first six weeks of the season, I mean, this team is going to be such a, in such a big hole that they're not going to be playoff competitive, regardless of how this roster goes. And so much has to go right for the Colts to right the ship. Quentin Nelson needs to come back on time. Carson Wentz needs to come back on time. The defense needs to play up to expectation. Offensively, you need a step from Michael Pittman. Offensively, you need a step from Paris Campbell. Like, there are so many things that this Jonathan Taylor needs to live up to expectation. There's so many things that have to bounce the Colts' way for them to actually be Super Bowl competitive. And already you're seeing so many things bounce the opposite way with Ellinger and Easton not being all that great, with Wentz and Nelson already getting hurt. I'm super concerned with this team. I don't think... They're going to live up to the hype. I think the, the, the bet to make right now is the Tennessee Titans win this division at minus 130. I don't think any other team has an obvious hold on the division besides the Titans. I paused because I thought you were going to say either those two are Phillip Rivers' high school quarterback who's starting on Friday night, <laughs> Jimmy Phillips or somebody from, from uh, wherever he's coached. Maybe that guy gets to play. What do you think shakes out? I was laughing and not laughing because sometimes it's serious, sometimes not, but being at NFL practices, days are in shorts, full pads. It just, you know, it fluctuates on what we believe to really watch in a series. What do you think shakes out in New Orleans? Because we see a lot of stats throughout the week, and I was pausing like, well, you kind of have to be there to see what the situation is to believe some of these stats on both of these guys. Yeah, it's tough. I, I think before the Michael Thomas injury and reading that story has been absurd and how that's <laughs> developed is, is a wild one for sure. But before the Michael Thomas injury, I felt really, really confident in Jameis Winston being the starter in New Orleans. Now, that receiving core, Michael Thomas isn't able to return to the field until week eight, week nine. is so bad that you almost need to kind of shift your offense towards a more rushing first approach with Taysom Hill, maybe under center. So I think Sean Payton's even asking himself who he wants to start now that Michael Thomas is hurt and you really can't operate the same offense they ran with Drew Brees. Jameis Winston was never going to operate it at the level Brees was. Brees was going to, but he has the arm talent to do it, at least. Taysom Hill isn't an arm talent guy. He's a more athletic, obviously. They use him a tight end and punt team, okay? Of course his arm talent isn't great. I think (laughs) what you need now, if this receiving core is as bad as it looks on paper, potentially a shift in offensive approach so much that you're using a two-quarterback approach and running Taysom Hill you know, 10 times a game. Because I just don't think a drop-back passing offense that Peyton has loved to run with Drew Brees and has had success with is going to work if you're trotting out Traquan Smith and Adam Troutman as your top guys. Like, it's just not going to work. It's not going to be as, as lethal as it could be with, obviously, Michael Thomas helping. So are you suggesting Taysom Hill, Latavius Murray, Alvin Kamara, triple option? It might have to be. Honestly, here's what I'm actually suggesting. is Stop hyping up the Saints. Like, this team is good. <laughs> the roster's good. Like, Brian Ramchick, Marcus Lattimore, Teron Armstead, Alvin Kamara, they have exciting – Michael Thomas went healthy. They have a good roster. They've drafted well. But the quarter, it's a quarterback-driven league, and they don't have it. They don't have one, let alone two. I mean, they don't have good quarterbacks in New Orleans right now, regardless – 
of how good that roster is and how good Champagne is as a coach, stop trying to build hype around the Saints. It's the Bucks division full stop. The Falcons have a better shot at winning that division than the Saints do, in my opinion. That's how bad the quarterback position is in New Orleans. These games are getting underway now. You just said you're interested in the Saints. Other things you'll be looking at in the next few weeks in terms of position battles, quarterbacks or otherwise, that you're interested in how it breaks off? What the hell is going on in Cincinnati? <laughs> All the reports out of Cincinnati right now are that the offense looks horrendous and the defense is winning every single rep. And I'll tell you right now, maybe some bagel fans are like, man, maybe our defense is good. It's not going to be. The defense <laughs> isn't good. Okay, this did not change. Like, if the defense is winning every rep in Cincinnati, that is a bad look for an offense that has T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Burrow year two, Jamar Chase. This is a bad situation. And then you look at their, their guard that they drafted at Clemson, is running with the third team. They brought him in to be a starter along that offensive line. Like There are some legitimate, legitimate concerns with what the Bengals' offense is doing. And I think I am really excited to see, with all the expectations around their top three receivers and Joe Burrow and Zach Taylor, who is coaching for his job, how they're going to trot out this offense. Because if they don't perform that expectation or even near it, I mean, there's going to be a clean house in Cincinnati here pretty soon. What's worse, Bengals' defense, Skyline Chili? Skyline Chili, I'm sorry. There's a, it, Skyline Chili is literally at the depths of what is worse and what is bad. He is Austin Gale from Pro Football Focus. Austin, we appreciate it. Thanks, this Austin. Of course, thank you. If there if there's any local person who is from Cincinnati, <laughs> once a week, <laughs> we just take a bleep on that city. But what? he's the way he brought up the Bengals. He could have taken he could have picked any team. Yes, he he could have picked, picked any team in the league and he said, What the hell is going on in Cincinnati? All right, coming up next, they played baseball in a cornfield because apparently they did that in a movie like 50 years ago. Anderson. The pitch is hit in the air. Deep to right. That ball is gone. White Sox win. The field of dreams. We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff, live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. So what's this Field of Dreams movie? Oh, for God's sake. <laughs> Did you watch Basically, the game last night, Ed? Uh, I watched a good portion of it. Yeah, I watched it. definitely watched the beginning, watched some good portion. Sadly, I didn't see the walk-off because I was doing something else, but I did uh, saw Judge's... Uh, Homer, I saw enough. I saw Costner talking. Costner <laughs> took him 20 minutes to walk out on the field. Jesus, longer than whatever that movie was. My God. What well, year were you born? 92. Oh, uh, it was about three years before you were born. Okay, but still. No, it's... it should no Field of Dreams. I mean, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Come on. Have you ever seen it? No. Of course You've not. never seen Field of Dreams? No. Have you seen Bull Durham? No, I think the only two... I'm uh, just going Costner baseball. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah, seen exactly. one. Um, God, I already forgot what it's called. The one where he pitches and it keeps bouncing back to his love life. Oh, for whatever. the love of the game. That I've seen cute. that one. I saw that when I was like 10 and was mad when I was 10 because there wasn't more baseball in the well, movie. If, well, if that that's was, that the Costner just, baseball movie you saw, you didn't see the right one. <laughs> that's Listen, just a, you've that's never seen Bull one. Durham? I think the only two baseball movies I've seen are For the Love of the Game and Hardball. Okay, like, Hardball. You've never seen Moneyball? Yes, oh, you I watched did watch it Moneyball. For the That's show. right. Oh, I've yeah. seen three now. Yes, I watched Moneyball this year. You That's haven't it. seen Major League? No, I've had multiple people tell me I should watch Major League. I mean, again, I just you know you watch what you watch. I think I think you'd enjoy 
Bull Durham and, and Field of Dreams just because I think they're cool movies. I, they're they're better than the, put it this way. They're absolutely better than the Costner one you saw. Like yeah, that's like I mean, that's not even close. I don't remember what happened in that movie other than being annoyed there wasn't more baseball okay. in the movie because I was ten and was like, oh, a baseball movie. <laughs> For the love of the game is a delightful mm-hmm. romantic comedy that has baseball in it. Right. That the revolves other two are, around the other the two are game. baseball movies. Yeah. Yeah. The, that yeah, exactly the the baseball and Field of Dreams and Bull Durham that's the main crusk and then he revolves around it whereas like you're saying love of the game is more that's part of you could have been a, it's the storytelling yeah, yeah, of exactly. like it's the storytelling why is mechanism. Kevin Costner in so many baseball movies because he's huge baseball guy yeah enormous he basically I want to say in an interview in the mid two thousands he he basically said if I could I'd only do baseball and cowboy movies <laughs> like. <laughs> I, he, I like that. He, he is. I want to say, no. Kurt Russell was the one who played like double A ball, but no. He like he's one of the few actors that if you actually watch him pitch or like swing a bat, you're like, oh, okay. He actually knows what he's doing. Where there are some movies like I don't know if you've ever seen The Rookie, which you obviously haven't because you haven't seen very many baseball movies. Randy Quaid can't throw, like he can't throw a ball, and they had him play a pitcher, and it's embarrassing. I like that in movies when he, they, when you see clips and they the actors clearly have never thrown no, a football in their lives. It's not him. He either played or yeah. I mean he yeah. he knows exactly what he's doing. Um, yeah, I thought last, I thought last night was cool when he pitches. Yeah, I thought he, last night was cool. Even though I had never seen the movie, yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah, they were hitting, they were hitting home runs in the cornfield. Yeah. And Walking by the out, way, wanted out from the cornfields. Is this like are we in Denver or something? Like everything was a home run. <laughs> like what the hell? There were three home runs in the ninth inning alone. I, uh, I, I do think there is a, a reason you don't build a baseball stadium in <laughs> Iowa. Iowa in the middle of Iowa. Uh, like everything was a home run in that. Liam Hendricks has given up like four runs the entire season, and he it's gave up very four high, <laughs> very flat, <laughs> and the ball carries. Look, I mean, for as much and for deservedly so, for as much grief as Manfred gets for so many things as he should, um, and how they've screwed up so many things in the past. This was really cool for baseball, and you have to find things, like you said, to maybe interest people who don't watch that much. I mean, I bet I, – and here's the other thing, which I thought – and maybe I missed it because I've been involved in doing all the Raiders every day. Um, I knew it was coming, but until the yesterday morning, I forgot it was coming. Like, I don't know how well they publicized this. Like, on Twitter right away, I said, oh, that's on tonight, and I turned to it right away. But I didn't, like, think about it or anything, and I, maybe that's my fault because I thought this was really cool for baseball. And they don't get a lot of moments where you're like, yeah, it's a pretty good pretty good idea by those guys. I mean, I've never seen the movie. I thought I thought it was interesting. Yeah, like, exactly. It was, it was cool. I mean, if they did it again tomorrow, I would be, uh, okay. Kind of like the, with the version of the, the outdoor game in the yeah. NHL. I mean, you know. It's, it's similar. No, yeah. <laughs> that was my favorite part, though. It's while I'm watching this, my girlfriend is reading a book next to me, and she started complaining because every time she'd look up, they'd have that damn drone panning over the cornfields. <laughs> yes. She's like, I don't need to see the same cornfield anymore. We got it. <laughs> They're in the middle of a cornfield. If you've ever driven through Iowa. Yes. It's yes. the same I was going to say, where <laughs> that's Jim's field, and there's John's and Mike's. Would this, did this uh, cause you to, on a lazy weekend uh, afternoon, to watch the movie? Like, Do you think you go back and watch it now? No, I don't even know. You, I don't even know what the movie's about. I don't care. Well, okay. Let me take some. I might go back baseball in a cornfield. I might go watch the highlights <laughs> of that game instead. I'm not All right, go watch the movie because of that. I, I'm telling you, next next year, if we have everything back on schedule, post NBA Finals, post uh, Stanley Cup, we have got to get him to watch at least one sports movie a week 
and come in and review and, and it. And give the evaluation, yeah, yeah, critique. Field Did you tell me you've never seen Hoosiers? Never seen Hoosiers. I just don't. Major League is the one that yeah, blows Major my one. mind. You, you love Major League. Yeah, I'll watch that. That's I, actually fun. I mean, the, the only sports movies I remember seeing are, are the three baseball ones um, and the, the what's uh, Glory Road, the one about Texas Western yes. winning okay, the about, national about championship. About Don Haskins winning it? Yeah. Okay. I think that's it. You haven't seen Miracle? Uh, oh, I have seen Miracle, yeah. Miracle's good, actually. Yeah, I have seen For Disney, Miracle. it was really good. They, yeah. I thought it was going to be kind of hokey and like, that was pretty good. But that's, I mean, it's that that's about it for sports movies that I've seen. So however many sports movies there are outside of that, I got, oh, I've seen. None of, you've seen none of the Rockies? No. Oh, oh my, my God. God. I have seen Happy Gilmore. 